Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome in to the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm, and today there's some good news. Um, like most good news that we've received recently, it's not all good. You know, it, at the very least, it does leave some like negative thoughts in your mind. You have to fight through those to get to the positive thoughts. Um Wow, what a weird way to say this. I hope you guys are on the edge of your seat because I'm going to let you know what's going on after I tell you about Manscaped. Manscaped is an incredible company that does incredible work for incredible men. And if you're one of those men, you should be taking advantage of everything that Manscaped has to offer you in particular. You know, if you have any sort of hair that you want to get rid of, um, I've been told by Ryan and Allie only from the neck down, otherwise it gets weird, um, you know, chest hair. Uh, I've, I've trimmed my leg hair just to see what happens. What happens is it gets too short and you're like, oh no, what did I do? Why did I do this? And then shortly after you're like, huh, this is better. And now I'm to the point where it's like, why, why do I have this much hair on this toe? But we will that's not something you guys care about. If you have any sort of body hair that you want to take care of though, get the lawnmower 3.0. It is the best pro, uh, yeah, the best product for the job. It is the 7,000 RPM trimmer. It'll cut through anything except for the things you don't want it to cut because it's Nick free. It's specifically designed to be used basically everywhere from the neck down so that you don't get nicks. It's like designed to get into all in the nooks and crannies and whatever there is going on. So, so, so check it out and go to manscaped.com. If you see something you like, we re really recommend the perfect package 3.0 comes with that lawnmower 3.0 and some other great products um, that, it's worth giving a shot to, especially at the discounts they provide, and even more so at the discount we can provide. If you use the code DMVR20, you can save yourself 20% off your order and get yourself free shipping. So check it out and uh, let us know uh, if you like it afterward, because we like to hear about that stuff. Okay, so Antonio Alfano, uh, we got an update yesterday, and it was actually kind of like a weird thing that happened and i think that you could just kind of see the surprise across buffs twitter just all over buffs twitter everybody was uh like wait what is going on here and that's because uh yesterday afternoon at about one in the afternoon which will come up here later uh the colorado buffaloes football twitter account tweeted what they always tweet every week and that is the Colorado Football Students of the Week. 
So they pick an offensive player and a defensive player typically and just highlight the uh, – work that they've done in the classroom they don't really say what's going on why they earn the award but uh you get the names and you can just assume like oh they probably got a good grade on an exam or they were in the tutoring center every day and something worked out you know that kind of stuff um offensively Kanan ray the sophomore offensive lineman who majors in humanities was uh chosen as the student of the week defensively it was Antonio Alfano, the redshirt freshman defensive end. He majors in integrative physiology. I don't know what that major means, but I do know that the tweet means he has a chance to get back on the field for the buffs. And that's, uh, if you guys haven't been following along, I'll give you the quick recap of what's gone on with Antonio Alfano. So, in high school in New Jersey, he was uh, the best high school football player in the country, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. Um, there was a little uh, movement there, and I think maybe late in the process, he dropped down lower in the top five. But still, at one point, he was number one, and then... Uh, he fell off just like a tiny bit, but like you, you look at what he can do on the field. The, the tape is incredible. The tape when he goes to camps and works out against the other best players in the country is also very good tape. Like he looks like a man among boys out there. He also, if you look at like his measure measurements, his uh, measurables, like his 40 time and bench press, all that kind of stuff. And you compare it to Nick Bosa, uh, it, when Nick Bosa was heading into his rookie season, so I guess this is only like a year ago at the NFL Combine, you could make a pretty strong case for Antonio Alfano to have the better measurements. When you look at like him being a little bit bigger, him being just as fast, maybe being a little bit stronger, that kind of stuff, and that is really eye-opening, especially because Alfano was tested when he was a 17-year-old at one of those regional events. So those are some great things. A very talented football player, uh, he commits to Alabama. Things go south for whatever reason before the season starts. Um, about two weeks, three weeks into the season, he basically just disappears. And then it turns out he's in the transfer portal. There are like some rumors that maybe Colorado's interested because of the ties with Mel Tucker. People on the Alabama staff may say like, hey, if you're trying to find somewhere new to go, give Mel a call because he's running the same defense um, and a bunch of other reasons. Uh, so that ends up happening. We figure out late in uh, the football season that he is coming to Colorado. It might have even been after the football season. It might have been November, December that he committed. Um, but pretty quickly thereafter, in January, we learned that he was suspended indefinitely, um, which is not good news. Um, since then, there really hasn't been an update uh, until this, which is why I think Buff's Twitter kind of went I don't even know if it's crazy I think there it was more just confusion than anything but uh it's exciting for sure it's exciting for sure and what we've learned so far is this Antonio is working to be reinstated um which you know, I mean, it seems to be going well, at least in the classroom, if he's getting these sorts of recognitions. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's kind of the update 
there. I, I should say that the new we did learn that he was not enrolled at the university. I think that was in January that that happened. And maybe he was able to jump in late and finish off the spring semester. We don't really know, but obviously he's taking classes in the summer. So uh, that is some good news. Um, I, uh, I think that the situation with Antonio changes significantly given the Pac-12's decision to not play football, given that Colorado will not be playing football this fall. Um, I think it means that you can work him back more slowly, which I really like. There isn't a lot of pressure to say, okay, you're you're back now, so let's get going. Let's get you ready to play. Because I think that that could kind of send the wrong message, especially for a, a new coach like Carl Durrell, somebody who's trying to leave an imprint on the program. And, you know, he's not somebody who puts up with a lot of off-the-field problems or, you know, lack of effort, that sort of thing. He very much is like, uh, I mean, he comes from the professional ranks, I think is the easiest way to say it. And he expects players to act more professionally than maybe your standard coach does. They don't get away with quite so much. Um, and we've seen that so far. And we've seen um, some players have issues with that so far um, because, you know, he's a no-nonsense coach. And if somebody is, uh, you know, causing a lot of nonsense, um, they, they aren't going to last long. Uh, whatever was happening with Antonio Alfano, we don't know. We haven't heard why he was suspended indefinitely. Um, you could guess that it was some nonsense. And I think that Carl Durrell would be in a tough position if this quickly, after going through all that, he has to say, okay, fall camp is starting in a normal world. I guess not even in a normal world. In the what we had hoped would be our new normal world a few weeks ago the Buffs would be starting camp on Monday in three, four days. And when that happens, you have to figure out where is Antonio working? Is he working at all? What is his role in these practices? Is he even invited? You know, all, all sorts of that kind of stuff. But now you get to slow play it, at least until spring. Um, you, you at least get to say, okay, prove it. Come into all these workouts. These are still... I, I, are they optional? I don't know that they're optional, um, but they are kind of extra work at this point because there is no season. And so if Alfano goes in and he puts his head down and he does everything he can do uh, in the classroom as well, you know, I think that that would be a big step for him. I think that you could see things working out much better with Antonio in this world just because you do have that time and you there's no pressure on Antonio to try to prove himself in time for the season to start because that puts him in a very stressful situation and there's no pressure on Carl Durrell or Tyson Summers or uh, whoever else is involved in this decision to say okay we need to give him a shot to play or say no you're not playing all of that's kind of pushed back and you're able to Slow play this a little bit. And again, I just think that that is going to be so huge. You have at least until spring. It could be until fall. And even if it is the spring that there are football competitions the, the next time in the Pac-12, they, they're able to make the spring season work, you would still have to apply for a waiver for Alfano to play because he is a transfer. And the NCAA has been granting those waivers uh, very frequently. 
um, recently. There, you've seen more and more of those sorts of waivers because technically transfers are supposed to sit out a year. More and more of those waivers to, that let them play are being accepted. So you kind of have that option as well um, to figure out what's going on there. And again, like I don't know where they were in the waiver process for this season. Maybe Carl even said, like, no, you're not playing this year. We're not going to go after that waiver. You're whatever. You're, you need to be reinstated to the team, whatever that means. Um, so you have to prove that before we can start going to get a waiver. Like, well, you can't say you're suspended indefinitely and then be like, okay, so we need you to fill out this paperwork so you can play this fall in case we say that you can play this fall. You know, it's just those sorts of mixed mess mixed messages that aren't there anymore. The message is... Everybody in this football program has six months to get better and prove that they should be playing this spring when we expect to play games. Antonio, you are no different. You've done enough in the classroom to be back in workouts. If he hasn't been in workouts, we don't even know about that. But that's kind of where we're at. And uh, it's, it's certainly a step in the right direction. Um, it's no guarantee that he will be back. Or it doesn't even like, to me, imply some sort of percentage. I wouldn't even say it's like, oh, yeah, better than 50-50 that we see him in a Buffs uniform. Personally, I still think that that would be an optimistic number. I think that you should be expecting a little bit less than that, um, just considering how things have played out so far. But, again, very good step in the right direction and we've talked about before what this defensive line would look like with Antonio um, it, it how it would have the potential to be the best in the Pac-12 you know you, you'd probably look at Oregon um, you know Jay Tefele anchoring that USC defensive line but maybe they don't have as much around him as the Buffs probably could have this year you know you, there would be some arguments for sure but Antonio Alfano gets the buffs right right in there, um, and that would be a lot of fun. Um, and I haven't said this before on this podcast um, just because it wasn't relevant, because we didn't know what was going on with Antonio, um, but I can say that his knowledge of the defense is very good. Um, and, and I do think that football-wise, it would be a pretty seamless transition into this defense again like I mentioned before he's he's coming from a similar system and I've heard that so far uh, from a source he does really grasp what is going on defensively and you know you ask him this alignment that alignment all that kind of stuff he, he he's got all that down you know Nick Saban drills that into those guys and uh, it's all very similar to what the buffs are doing defensively so I'll throw that little nugget in there for you that in terms of like, uh, I don't want to just like judge somebody's like mental situation. Um, but you know, that's something that has gone on a lot with Antonio given what's been going on and like the unenrollment, you know, there are questions, you know, what's up with Antonio? Why isn't this working better for him? Um, in terms of football, I think that, uh, he, he knows his stuff, and he's obviously physically capable. So if, if everything works out for him in the classroom or in meetings or whatever's going on that's causing these problems that we're seeing um, now for, you know, it's it's been a couple of years of this for him. Um, maybe not. How long has it been? 
if he showed up. So this would have been um, after spring camp, and he played really well for Alabama in the spring. Um, he looked really good in their spring game, which is tough to do. Remember, this is Alabama, um, and that would have been a little over a year ago. And some point, maybe he had issues with Bama in the spring. Maybe they all just kind of flared up in August and September, like when we know that at the very latest, that's when it happened. And so we've been coming up on close to a year of whatever's going on with Antonio going on. And what I can say is that if all of that stuff figures itself out, or you know, not even that, if Antonio figures that stuff out for himself, because that's what it looks like needs to happen, the football, the football will come. the The football will not be a problem. Um, he can slide in there pretty quickly and be good to go. Time now to take a second and uh, tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge Brewery is incredible. the The beers are so good, um, but also the food at the farmhouse. Uh, I've eaten there twice now, but then I've also gotten the uh, delivery a few times. Um, because I'm just barely in the radius. Uh, you guys should actually check that because uh, even though it is in Littleton, they deliver to uh, a l- pretty wide area. And if you use the code DNVR when you get that delivery or if you go with the curbside pickup, you can save $5 on your order. So it's such a great deal. Uh, the food is very good, and I highly recommend it if you guys haven't tried it yet. Uh, also, um, they do deliver beer, and sometimes they'll have specials where you can get like a free six pack with your meal or a discounted six pack. So, so pay attention to those on the Breckenridge brewery website and while you're there, see where you can get whatever beer it is you want to try, whether they're, uh, it's the strawberry sky or the avalanche amber, amber ale. Those are probably my two favorites at the moment. Uh, you can use the beer locator to see where you can get them. Um, the, the Costco is a good option. Um, King supers, Uh, gas stations, liquor stores, all that kind of stuff. But you can know for sure if you check out the website. I want to tell you about our friends at World Golf Tour. World Golf Tour is so much fun. Uh, We've been playing these WGT tournaments uh, for, what, um, a couple months now. And it's been a lot of fun. If you guys haven't joined us, then you definitely should. We're up over, I think, like 600 people now uh, who are playing in all these with us. It's so much fun. It takes 15 minutes per week, maybe, to do your entire tournament and it's a lot of fun and it's really competitive so join us at world golf tour you can do that by going to dnvrgolf.com uh, that'll give you like the link to download plus we it'll like say that we sent you there so do that and then join the dnvr country club like i said we've been playing so many tournaments you can also play yourself and like earn rewards you can get like titleist balls and all sorts of like branded real stuff like your you could get like your real life driver in the game and then play with it and that kind of stuff is a lot of fun you uh you can like level up the xp's really set up well but also play realistic courses like beth page black and st andrews and all those uh you can go to dnvrgolf.com to get all set up and then join one of the dnvr uh country clubs i think we're on to dnvr3 now dnvr and dnvr2 are full so there you go Come join us. Okay, before we get into the DraftKings Pick of the Week, I want to talk about some of the other things that are going on around college football uh, because only the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have canceled their spring, or, or sorry, their fall seasons. I've been spending so much time talking about spring seasons now. But yeah, they, they're they the only ones who've canceled their fall seasons 
in terms of Power 5 schools, at least. Or Power 5 conferences, I guess I should say. So, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 are still kind of up in the air. Um, the SEC seems the most likely to play. Um, the Big 12... ACC, I'd say ACC is a little more likely to play in the Big 12, um, but here's a bit of an update. So the ACC is making some sort of decision today at about 2.30, so about 90 minutes from now. Um, well, I guess that's when the meeting starts, so it'll probably be quite a bit later than that. Um, some conflicting reports, let's say. So Matt Baker from the Tampa Bay Times uh he obviously covers Florida State. He talked to Florida State's president today. Um, oh, wait. Actually, no. He talked to a source on the board of trustees, but uh, the president apparently said that the ACC is going to make a, quote, final, final decision on fall sports today. Um, Pete Thamel of The Athletic, who is very plugged in. Like, I think I have probably three college football writers that I get notifications of every tweet for, and he's one of them. Well, like, three national guys. Obviously, like, all the locals as well. But um, he responded and, and said, spoke to multiple sources around the ACC after seeing this. Unless something has drastically changed, there's no expectation of significant action today. Scheduled meeting media update or sorry medical update etc the medical update is expected to mirror the uh sports business journal story from this week so here's a, my quick take on that if if there was a late change to the plan for the meeting and with the change being that they are going to make a decision on sports that would not be a good sign. That would, in my opinion, probably mean that they're pushing toward canceling the season uh, because we are just now getting all this new medical information. And that's kind of what I want to talk about now um, because it is kind of a weird thing. And again, like the reason this is happening is because it's a new disease. We haven't ever seen it before, and so we just don't know what exactly all the effects are the effects are what you see and so like if, if people are coming in saying we can't breathe well and we, we have flu-like symptoms then that's kind of what you look for and so then you go through that but then all of a sudden you, you realize that somebody has a, a heart problem the myocarditis that everybody's talking about and you say oh that's weird probably unrelated and then for some reason you realize that a couple others have it and then all of a sudden part of your covid testing or maybe even once you're past testing you found they have it you have to go back and see if it has caused the the myocarditis with all the chest x-rays and however it is that you find scarring on the heart which is what myocarditis is because none of the student athletes who've had the coronavirus have been tested for that because of the coronavirus. Like it may have been found for other reasons, like it obviously has been since we know it's happening. You just don't know how prevalent it is. And that's kind of this next step. And I think, I mean, we do know that that is part of what scared the Pac-12 late in this process and was likely a contributing factor to them shutting down. Um, the NCAA says that it's found 12 student-athletes that have that scarring on their heart. 
um, who have had uh, COVID-19 and they think that it is related. I think that's the best information we have right now. Things get kind of weird from there, though. Um, let's start with this. Uh, John Wilner, who we've talked about a lot. Oh, wait. Actually, he didn't write this story. This is by Michael Lev of the Arizona Daily Star, but John Wilner tweeted it out because uh, it's an important story. Basically, uh, this reporter for the Arizona Daily Star sat down with Robert C. Robbins, who is the president of the University of Arizona, which means he was a part of all of these decisions the Pac-12 has been making, but also was a uh, heart surgeon before taking this job. So, I mean, he spent a lot of time looking at this thing in particular um, because that is actually what he does for a living. So um, here's what he had to say. Um, We're just going to skip to the part where he kind of talked about it And um, he's talking about what changed, why they shut down, eventually get to this point. The final thing was learning about some of these other effects in asymptomatic individuals, especially the reports that we started seeing about certain effects that COVID-19 is having, the cardiac issues that we started to see. And they said, so when we put it all together, we just thought it was the better part of valor, the prudent, cautious, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, So that's out there. Um, uh, I, I, you know, we might as well read this next part too. And again, this is Tucson.com. They did a great job with the story. The question was, this is just all a Q&A. How do viruses cause heart issues? The answer was, there are two major causes for having to do a heart transplant. One would be an ischemic cardiomyopathy. See, I shouldn't be trying to read these quotes. I should have known better. Uh, not enough blood flow to the heart is what that essentially is. So he said, you have a heart attack, your coronary arteries get blocked, and your heart muscle, there's just not enough of it left, so you have heart failure. The other one is called idiopathic cardiomyopathy. Idiopathic simply means we don't know what causes it, but for decades, one of the culprits has been the Coxsackie B virus. It affects the heart muscle in still unknown ways. We know that even with regular influenza, every year we see individuals that have inflammation in their heart but there also can be a direct attack of the virus on the heart muscle, and that is what myocarditis is. Oh, so there you go. Now we kind of know what that word means, and we know that the president of the University of Arizona, who was part of all of these decisions, um, thinks that it is serious and thinks that it is something you have to pay attention to. Again, the NCAA says that they know 12 cases of this, across all of college sports. Um, but here's where things get interesting. According to Football Scoop, the Pac-12's medical report didn't even bring up myocarditis, um, which is a weird thing. And who knows what the reason for that could be. Maybe it was all written before. I mean, it was in the last day or two before the Pac-12 decision that we even knew that this was a thing that existed or could be tied to the coronavirus. Um, And so that could be why. I don't know why the Pac-12 medical report did not include that. But it's a weird thing, and it's definitely a thing worth saying because I think we're going to hear a lot more about this um, in the uh, coming days and weeks. But again, like John Wilner, who is very good at his job, which is covering the administrative side of the Pac-12, 
Um, he says, has become clear to me that Pac-12 football shutdown was rooted in myocarditis unknowns, testing issues, and uh, community spread. So many metro areas. Combined with medical advisors' projections that none of these obstacles would improve enough by September and October. So, there's a little picture into what's going on there. And when the ACC comes to this potential like shift in their plans for the meeting today, and the, the, the plan is, according to this one reporter who's now been... Uh, I don't even know what to say. Some a, a bigger name has come in and say, I'm not so sure this is true to his report. Um, he says that there are voting. So when I hear that, I think, well, it's probably because they're scared the same way Pac-12 does and they don't want to uh, take this risk with myocarditis because they are now starting to hear about it, whatever's going on. Um, I don't know. Uh, the point is the, the, the good reporters, the ones who are out there covering college football nationally are – generally saying to expect decisions from the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 sometime next week. So that's kind of our timeline on that stuff. Hopefully, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I should also say that Nebraska's whole, like, we're playing football this season no matter what. You can't stop us. Football's in our blood. You guys are you, that, that kind of stuff. Whatever's going on with that program, um, that's over. I think somebody from the Big 12 probably said, like, you want to leave, you can leave. We don't even need you guys here. Um, or did I say Big 12? I meant Big 10. Um, whatever it is, they've given that up. You know, there were the rumors going around that Iowa and Nebraska uh, were going to find a way to play football, even though the Big 10 said no. Um, some of those rumors included Colorado as another school that would be trying to do the same thing. And so then you have the potential maybe for them to join the Big 12 or maybe for uh, them to form their own super conference. You know, if the Big 12 goes under, maybe a couple of their schools want to play. Um, that it was kind of like the rumor, the clinging to the last hope. Um, Larry Scott and everybody else in that media call on... The day that this all ended, when was that? Was that Tuesday? Yeah, that must have been Tuesday. Um, he said that that wasn't a thing. Everybody's united in the Pac-12 and that none of them are going to play any football this fall. Um, talking to Rich, Rick George yesterday, he re reiterated the same thing very firmly, saying, no, we are not trying to find a way to play. Um, um, and then this comes out that says Nebraska's backing off. So it doesn't sound like... Anything's going on. Oh, and as we're speaking, Bruce Feldman just said that uh, Alabama's athletic director said that the Crimson Tide have not had any student-athletes diagnosed with myocarditis. So, there you go. There's that. <sighs> this isn't what I want to be talking about at all, um, but it's where we are right now, and it is the important stuff that's going on, and it's important that we uncover important things here. So, that's what we do. Um Time now for the DraftKings pick of the week. And um, you know what? But, but before I give you my pick, I do want to say that I'm on a bit of a heater. Uh, if you guys have been at the DMVR bar, then you've definitely heard me screaming in excitement about a whole bunch of different things that have been happening, including that Avs game yesterday, because uh, I think we all knew that the Avs were the better team. But it, it took them a while to get those goals. They went like 54 minutes of 0-0 hockey and then put in, I think, three goals in like 90 seconds, something like that. Um, it was pretty crazy, but they ended up getting the job done. 
And uh, I think there might be some value in some other hockey. You know, the, the Canucks upset the Blues last night in game one. Uh, Dre and I had that in a bit of a parlay that was... Uh, I cashed out of it early. Dre sat through the whole thing and made himself some big money while I just made myself so, some dinner money. Um, but that is one series that I kind of want to talk about because the Blues so far have looked terrible. They've looked... Okay, terrible might be a stretch, but when they're playing the Knights and the Avs in these seeding games, they didn't look like they belonged on the ice with them. The Canucks, meanwhile, you know, they're sneaky good. You know, they're they're fast. They're uh, you, you know, the knock on them is that they're kind of soft, and if you just beat them up, you're going to be just fine. And I think there might be some truth to that. Um, like I said, I took him last night with Dre, and we uh, did well with that pick. And now the Canucks have a one-zip series lead over the St. Louis Blues. The Canucks, though, are only a minus-120 favorite, despite that 1-0 lead to win the series. And that's where I'm kind of tempted to put some money. Um, when I opened the DraftKings Sportsbook app today... Uh, I, I was kind of hoping to see that they'd still have plus money considering they are the lower seed, but they don't. They're at that minus 120, but I am going to be keeping an eye on that. I think that that might be a pretty great pick. Uh, the Avs to win their series, they're minus 625. Uh, that means you have to bet $625 to win $100 or like $62 to win $10 if you're living in my world. Um, which is just not worth it. Um, even though you would get a return, I'm just not putting that much money on anything at that at this point in my life. Um, what I do like a little bit more, though, is the Avs to sweep this series. You can get plus 335 odds. That means you, you bet $10, you win $33. So a $10 bet, essentially you're turning it into $43 because you get your money back as well. I think that that could be where there's some value. Uh, and that's something that, you know, I've just kind of been sitting here watching this baseball game today, the Nationals and the Mets. I've been thinking like, huh, maybe I should uh, put a little action in on this game. Maybe parlay that with the Avs to sweep and get yourself some really nice odds. Because then all of a sudden, if you if you throw those two things together, if if it's a 50-50 game, let's say the odds are even on both sides, then all of a sudden that plus 335 essentially turns into like plus 670, and then a ten dollar bet on the Avs to sweep will pay out seventy seven dollars. And see, that's the kind of stuff that I like, and that's what's been going pretty well for me. Uh, so that Avs to sweep. I might just, you know, if, if you see another bet you like, maybe turn that into a parlay and see if you can make yourself some pretty big cash. Plus, you know, for me, I personally like betting on series more than games um, or, or even just like futures instead of games. Betting on like the Avs to win the Cup, the Avs to win the Western Conference because first of all, the payout is better, but also because that just keeps you engaged all the way through. You know, if, if, if you put a bet on the Avs in their game Friday, um, like that'll be fun to watch because you have money on it. And obviously it's even, it's the more important thing is that the Avs are playing and they're going to win the Stanley cup this year. And that's a lot of fun, but also then on Saturday, 
if you only bet on them occasionally, like on the games, then on Saturday, you're like, ah, I probably shouldn't have any more action on the Avs right now. I'll probably sit this one out. You just avoid those situations. Like, you just have a real betting interest in whatever team you choose when you're betting on the more long-term stuff, like for them to win the Stanley Cup or for them to sweep the series, really. Um, so I will say that that's something I like. Um, and just kind of like summarizing in broad terms, you know, the Avs in general, I think are going to be pretty good value all the way through, even though they aren't offering a whole lot of value. You know, I think they're good value just in the sense that they're going to win a lot of hockey games and they're going to be, uh, I mean, I think at worst they're in the Western conference finals. And I think that it's 50, 50, maybe even better than that, that they come out of the West and go to the Stanley cup. Um, you know, they're my realistic pick to win. The, the Knights are right there with them, though. And the Knights are the other team I'd really be looking at uh, to, uh, to to put some money on. Um, you know, this series with the Blackhawks is a little bit scary because um, the Blackhawks have some veteran players. And they know how to score goals. And they've proven so far that that will work for them. Still, though, the Knights are just so much better Um you know, just kind of throughout the course of these playoffs, keep an eye on the Knights, keep an eye on the Avs, and even the Canucks, I think, are going to have some good value, so keep an eye on them as well, um, and, you know, if you're getting ready for a game, you're thinking like, oh, I kind of want to throw something on this random game that I'm watching, you know, for me, like I'm saying, that Washington versus uh, New York Mets game that's on right now, it's like, I might throw a couple bucks on uh, the over here. And just parlay that with the Avs to sweep because then I have a little bit more action on the Avs without having to put a whole lot of money on the Avs, if that makes sense. Um, so those are kind of some things I'm looking at here. Uh, on the uh, on the basketball side, I know this is these are all typically very Denver heavy, but uh, the Nuggets are now locked into a first round series with the Jazz. And that is a very good matchup for the Nuggets uh, because it's Rudy Gobert going up against Nikola Jokic. And, and I mean, you can go back through the history of these two playing against each other and just see that Nikola Jokic is very good when going up against um, Rudy Gobert. Like, that's just a thing that happens. But also we saw them play, I think that was the overtime game. That was the double overtime game a couple days ago for the Nuggets when basically their overtime strategy was just clear everybody out of the way, give the ball to Jokic in the post, and let him make Rudy Gobert look silly because that is what Nikola Jokic always does to Rudy Gobert. Like, he's just going the wrong direction. Like, Jokic even getting him with, like, this double spin move off the pivot with his, in the, like, just crazy stuff like that. It... I don't know the 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 Nuggets have their best player in a very good matchup plus I think that you look down the roster and like the other matchups as well um so even like the the odds just came out I should actually tell you what they are but um for this first round series for the Nuggets the Nuggets are minus 177 favorites so that means if you uh, bet $177 then you'll win a hundred. It'll pay out two seventy-seven, I guess. Um, again, not great value, but if you want something to just keep you in this whole series, watching this whole series, it might be worth dropping whatever you can drop. You know, for me, I might just throw 
even like 30, 40, 50 bucks, which is a lot of money for me at this point in my life. But because they're minus 177, you kind of do have to put some money on it to get any value. Plus, you're thinking of it as your bet through the series. And again, this might be one that you look at as a parlay. You're watching some other game and you say, hey, I might just throw this on uh, whatever the baseball game is, say that parlay it with uh, the Nuggets to win the series, and then you have some solid odds on the series. Assuming you get that first one right, that is the risk, but if you feel really confident in one, you know, even like this Vegas game this afternoon, um, I think that that uh, would be a good idea. So yeah, um, I'll, I'll make my official DraftKings pick of the week to be the uh, Nuggets winning this first round series against the Jazz. Um, but I would also advise you to maybe throw that in a two-leg parlay. You know, if you're watching something, just get yourself a little extra value on this since they are minus 177. Also, as to sweep, um, I think they have a really good chance. They're very clearly the better team. Why not put some money on it, especially with those very positive odds? Um, bet $10, pay out 43 I think is what I said it was. So, yeah, there's your DraftKings pick of the week. Take advantage. Uh, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DMVR when you sign up because for a limited time, all new users can bet $1 to win $252 on this weekend's main event. I actually just realized that the reason it's $252 is because this is UFC 252. How clever is that? So yeah, uh, $1 bet to win $252 for all new users uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, there's going all out for new users. So take advantage of the free money that they are offering. Uh, and use the code DMVR when you sign up. That way you get all your bonuses. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And that's going to do it for today. I'll be back tomorrow with something for you guys. I think it'll be College Pod tomorrow. But again, me and Justin have had just like wild schedules with everything that's happening. So uh, who knows what's going to be tomorrow. But uh, I'll give you guys something to listen to for sure. And uh, appreciate you all for listening today. And I'll see you then. I think they like my Colorado sway. Because when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go, you know I'm acting bad. Holly get a bus with my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway. And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you, hit you, hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it. Get a bus with my Colorado swag. My Colorado-
swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag. Have you ever seen a ram? Nine Boulder, Colorado. Buffalo is what I am. All the teams come and follow. When I start, hit the field. The opposing crowd swallow. Cause they know I'm about to kill. He gon' feel that tomorrow. Whole team full of warriors. Got me feeling tribal. Big 12, here we come. We ain't